peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Well, guys, welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast. If you just heard myself and Danny Brown, a very uh, good friend of mine, a longtime friend. We've deployed together. Um, we were down at Recon Battalion. He ended up transitioning over to uh, MARSOC. And we've stayed in touch ever since. We have some really close friends. But what makes Danny unique is not just, first off, his his, his Instagram handle is going to be <laughs> Danny the Barbarian. And if Dan- you, Daniel the Barbarian. Sorry, Daniel the Barbarian. If you see it, it you'll ex- understand why. But, you know, He's taken this whole transition thing into the real world due to some unfortunate events that happened in the military. Or fortunate. Or fortunate. Yeah, exactly. Right. We put us in again. Here you go. You're going to enjoy Danny's story. You're going to enjoy his mindset and his outlook when it comes to not just life, but also training. And and we are going to hit some of the scientific um, type of things that we are going to talk about, not just in training, but, you know, his injury that he did suffer while in the military. Again, Danny is not your average corpsman that was in the Navy or whatever else like that. The dude has done multiple things from being a in MARSOC and, and a recon guy. He's gone through some high-level medical training as well. The dude's a very smart individual, and he's really had to really find not only who he is, but how to live with, again, this type of injury and how to train around it. Because for the second year, um, actually, second year in 2018, we actually recorded a podcast that never got published. And I don't know how many times I do podcasts and they don't get published or I don't edit them or whatever else. Or it's like, oh, that wasn't what we wanted or whatever else. Right. Unfortunately, that wasn't with yours, Danny. It just we didn't get it put up in time. Yeah. Other things came up. So I, I think things happen for reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's like maybe if you knew a little more about the uh, how the mics work, um, you know, our podcast that I recorded on my podcast got up. Yeah. 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 We, that one did make it out there. And that one so, did make it out there. Yeah. So, and that one was a really cool podcast Dude, that we got to that do. That was like one of the first walk and talks. It was the first walk and talks. And this yeah. was the time period too, when I was really getting into like breathing work, mm-hmm. um, cold water, expo- like exposure, like ice baths and really getting deep into the meditation realm of it. And, and that was also my journey into the ultra endurance realm at that time. I was making that big transition. I didn't know. And I've gotten asked before already, hey, do you still meditate and stuff like that? And it's like, sometimes no, like I'm out for so long and running during yeah. the week sometimes that like, that's just my meditation or my flow state. And exactly. It's kind of one yeah. of those things. And it's the same thing kind of with you now with the whole, you know, the whole fitness journey and everything else like that. And we can go ahead and get into that topic and we'll backpedal a little bit yeah. about that. So, so the yeah. floor is yours, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, my name's Daniel Brown and I'm into a lot of different things. Um, I would call myself an artist, author, and a podcast producer or entertainment producer, I guess. And that's, uh, but I'm into a lot of things. So let's see, I guess let's dial it back to, you know, sort of my military background. Um, Real quick, first two years that I was in, I was in the presidential honor guard as a casket bearer, actually doing funerals in Arlington Cemetery. So that was kind of an interesting tour of duty before becoming a medic. So you were um, faced with death from the start to join the military. Yes, I would be. Um, I guess another title of mine is Death Walker. I'm starting to realize that maybe that's a role in my life, is being a Death Walker. It's like a tradition in the tribe, like uh, kind of be like your shaman or whatever, would be um, the person who helped people, aided them in the dying process and everything like that. Yeah, death has always been around me. I've been around death you know, and it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. It's funny, you know, and, and softly it's motto is die living. Yeah. Right. Like the ethos of die living 
is pretty much live your life like you're not having another one. You know, you're doing out what you love and what you enjoy without having any worry in the world. Yeah. Exactly. At least that's how I interpret die living for myself. Again, yeah. I know everyone in the company has theirs and we have that like mission statement, but that's what I look at when I think of die living. And when I look at like the death walker or, you know, in, in a tribal environment, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, Hey, everything's going to be okay during this time frame, no matter what comes from it. Yeah. So it was good to like get that as an early experience in the military, especially before I went to war, you know, yeah. and like our, you know, my first deployment was with you and you know how gnarly that was. Yeah. Like, it was a really good time, but, um, yeah, it, my military career was kind of balls to the wall. Like if you could play a song that was kind of like the mantra, <laughs> it's like balls to the wall, man, you know? Yeah. And, uh, like after our deployment, I was back in Afghanistan within a, before a year was up with, uh, first Raider battalion and, uh, over there at Marsoc. And flying back into Afghanistan, having not been home in the States for over a year, I was like, it felt like I'd never left. Yeah. It was like a vacation coming back from <laughs> Afghanistan, back to the States yeah. to pretty much one re reset. Yeah. At least, at least get what, what the, what the human needs, right? Like some yeah. kind of love and emotion there <laughs> and everything else. But then it's like, all right, cool. Now it's time to go back to war and ha and have some fun. Yeah. And, uh. So yeah, that's on on that second deployment is when I got uh, significantly wounded, and that's when I started down the path of living a life with blast injuries, yeah, blast exposures, uh, blast wave exposures, TBI, traumatic brain injury. Um, there's a lot of names for it. I like to distinguish um, the blast aspect of it because it there's. Um, kind of did disservice that we're doing by throwing all traumatic brain injury yeah. into one category because there's a lot of different um, mechanisms of that injury that are happening differently depending on how the traumatic brain injury yeah. is caused, you know? So. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. And what I love about the fact of this podcast and having you around is so close is the fact that there's a lot of guys that do follow the Softly Performance podcast, that follow the Die Living podcast, and now the new Bottom of the Barrel that's bot that's done by Doug, which if you guys haven't listened to it, you have to listen to it. Um, it's it's really good. Just understand that there's, it's nothing good comes it. Like, you're not going to learn anything. It's just pretty much Doug rambling on. If everyone knows who Doug is, it's pretty funny. I just wanted to throw that in there. But we do have individuals who do have these problems. We do have individuals who have post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, you know, we have individuals who have TBIs, right? Traumatic brain injuries. And then we also have just blast wave concussions. Yeah. And, and being able to, you know, separate all three of them because they're all different types of brain injuries. Yeah. Right? Like you have brain injuries, you have certain types of, you know, and again, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a doctor behind that. And I just recently got done listening to a podcast about someone who's an ultra runner and she ended up falling down a mountain during a race and just train wreck and, you know, she has really bad PTSD now from hearing certain things that brought her into this realm, you know, but with you, it's a little bit different than that, right? Like it, it goes a lot deeper than that as a whole. Yeah. Uh, we're just getting, uh, it's actually, yeah. it's raining here in California right now. So <laughs> everyone's losing their mind and everyone has an iPhone in the area and ends up getting a flash flood warning. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the podcast guys. Sorry, dude. So fitness has always been very important to me. Um, 
I think that's something I got from my father growing up. And he, from a very young age, I tell people I was a child soldier um, because I was basically raised to be in the military. Um, my father would take us like on PT sessions, you know, like you'd have in the military. It was like, hey, wake up and we go PT, you know, push up, sit ups and we go running. And so that was kind of instilled in me at a very, very young age. And I was able to pass the soft screening test when I was 13. Damn. Like I already knew that I was wanting to go, you know, special yeah. operations and all that. And at that time, what, what was that? Like it was a, it was probably like an 830 swim. It was the 500 yard swim, yeah. that, that whole um, sit-ups, push-ups, pull-ups, and then a mile and a half run in boots. Yeah. And I think that was in 11.15. The swim, I think, was actually, uh, I think it was twelve thirty. Okay, the swim cool, was yeah. the cutoff for that. Yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not like now. It's actually gone up. Actually, the swim times have gone back up to about like nine thirty, I think, or ten minutes that people need to pass. Yeah, um, uh, don't quote me on that. That's yeah. just something that I've heard through the grapevine and haven't seen it on paper yet. Yeah, but so, anyways, like being on that second deployment, um, I took a lot of blasts from under grenade launcher, uh, you know, the AK-47 under grenade launcher grenades. They, we were at this village stability ops where we were plugged into this village and we had this little forward position. And unlike our deployment, where we were moving around all the time, right? So it took them a little bit to adjust to us, you know? There's that constant, like, movement. Yeah. The difference on this one is I'm in the same spot, For like, the whole long. time. Yeah. So they had us dialed in. And uh, so there was just these grenades would land in the compound or like on the wall or right outside the wall, but oftentimes right inside when we were getting attacked. So I was around a lot of these blasts, like, you know, within 15 meters or closer to some of these. And it was just repetition, right? Boom, boom, boom. Um, then we had some recoilless rifle rounds come in and took a blast from one of those when I was in the, uh, in like a closed room. So there's like a vacuum effect. And, uh, then I was running and got knocked over by a recoilless rifle round. And that was all leading up to the worst one. And that's when I was up at this forward position and a grenade hit the post I was in. And then I took a RPG back blast several seconds later. So, uh, that's the one I ended up getting evac for the next day. <laughs> the first thing I did after the gunfight was actually do a workout. <laughs> I was pissed because we didn't drop air on uh, one of the dudes that we followed that had shot at us. And so I went and power cleaned the most I'd ever power cleaned in my life at that point. So I PR'd after, <laughs> Jesus. which wasn't the best thing to do yeah, no. when you have a brain injury, right? Um, which was kind of shows you my mentality back then. I was uh, a good medic, a good provider but not, I'm like the worst patient. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that goes for a lot of us. Well, yeah. and that kind of goes back to this idea too, where, you know, especially with us here in the realm of softly, right? Like we're not trying to be this bro vet company. We're not trying to be any of this. We're trying to be this company that's providing high value content information. That's educating the, not just the, the, the tactical athlete, but this wholehearted athlete to understand that again, it's not about how hard we can grind, right? Like for example, like you were in a place where you just got back from a deployment before that that was pretty 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 high intense came back low intensity for a little bit and then right back to another one and that's all you knew 
There yeah. was nothing else. No one knew what slow was. <laughs> no one knew what was like long-term like adaptation or long-term success within the, the, within the society of the special operations community, the recon community, or just the military in general in that place, right? And we go ahead and f- you know fast forward now to nine years later in 2019 where we go ahead and look and we see now mental health people, you know, we see, we talk about therapy open lot, openly mm-hmm. now. Yeah. We talk about all these emotions that we, we didn't talk about for multiple years and we see that transition, you know, and, and again, do we have a high rate of suicides past year? Yeah, we did, right? But I think we're going to, I hope we start seeing a change in this realm due to the fact that we are now able to speak about it and talk about it yeah. and do that. And you did a, one thing I really love was we have a shirt right now, or I don't even think it's out anymore, but we had a shirt of the soft mistress um, that yeah. we produce. And everyone probably remembers that shirt and everything else like that. It's a girl in the middle on front of a spade and it has a bunch of tattoos. It's one of my fa- favorite t-shirts. Yeah. And you broke that, that down really well. Yeah. In the realm of like what the soft mistress is, you did the, the the poem of it, and we really you really got deep into it. And I actually, you know, whenever someone tells me that they want to go and become an operator or they want to do A, B, C, and D, I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. Listen to this because yeah. it's coming from someone who's experienced it, and it's weird, man. It's like I'm in this place right now where I want to learn from everyone who's experienced that plus more. Yeah, right. And 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 I think that's a smart idea and a place to go. At the same time, though, that it has to be in a smart approach, right? We need to look at this long-term meditation. We just dropped the podcast on that, too, this week um, on that. So it, it goes into this idea of, like, okay, cool. I got blown up. The next day, they told me I probably have a grade 2 concussion or whatever else, but I don't want to listen to them. I want to go and be hard and go do something. No, you could possibly re-injure yourself doing that again. Yeah. Luckily, you didn't, and you were able to kind of keep moving forward through it. So walk me through that, like walk me through after that, and you know, because you haven't, you were medically sept, right? Out. I was medically retired. Yeah. Yeah, you were medically retired out, and mm-hmm. and going through that transition, a lot of guys are going through it to it now. Like there's a yeah. lot of guys that we get, like, hey, I got medically sept out. I don't, you know, retired out. I don't know what to do or where's my first step in the realm of training, and you've done a really good job of that. I mean, we haven't said it yet, but you've competed in multiple different wounded warrior competitions where you've been told that you're not going to be able to get your heart rate high at a certain level. Yep. You're not going to be able to do A, B, C, and D. And you've worked with quite a few different trainers, yeah. right? Your brother's one of them. Yeah. Your brother was a big time training partner for you as well. Yeah. Plus not just that, but like everyone else that you've been around. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, the, the important thing to note is coming back from that deployment, I knew I was fucked up. Yeah. Like, it was like, okay, um, I'm feeling really distant from people and I need to fix this. And so this is, I'm, I'm coming to answer your question. So no, it's like, um, I really just followed my intuition and my gut, like when it came to things that are going to get me better. Right. So for some reason it just kind of came into my awareness, yoga. And I was like, I think yoga is, you know, for lesser individuals, <laughs> you know, not, not, it's not for me, right? Yeah. That's how I came into it from before. And for whatever reason, my mind was kind of settling on that. Cause I was dealing with, uh, you know, those rucks we carried like over a hundred pounds, you know, uh, I didn't like my guys carrying the medical gear. So mine were usually like 110 to 120 pounds or something. Um, yeah that took a toll on my back. So I was having sciatic issues and 
So anyways, I was like, you know what? Yoga could probably help with that. And it's going to be doing something with a bunch of people where we're all kind of on the same wavelength. And maybe that's like, will help me reconnect with people. Cause I'm a people person, Yeah, you know, and I didn't want to be cut off. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, and I'm not going to think about it too much. You know, I'm not going to like, I think most of the stuff I've gone into, which my mantra for it now is just get weird with it is, uh, you know, I had to let go of sort of my preconceived notions or just your ego in yeah, general. Like exactly. it was your ego. You had to get yeah. rid of that ego Yep. in which everyone carries it. I mean, yeah. we might not say we utilize it or we look at it and, and it's something that we put in front of us. Um, but it's one of those things now where like, yeah, of course I still have an ego, but it's no longer the barrier of what you see when you come and talk to me. It's now on the side. And again, ego is not bad. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just how do we utilize that ego to help make positive impact, not just in our world, but everyone else around us. And yeah, dude, it's one of those things too. It's like, you know, when I got into like yoga, when I got into like breath work and all these other things, it was kind of one of those things where people were like, what are you doing? Like you're this guy who's supposed to be lifting all this weight and doing all these things and whatever else. And it's like, well, I don't want to be that guy no more. Like just because that's what you see me as in this life doesn't mean I'm going to be that person 10 years from now. Shit. Like I might not even be who I am today, 10 years from now. The goal is to not be that person. Like, right. We're always trying to strive to evolve and look at this evolution. So that's something that you've done really well with. Like, yes, you've had your struggles and you had these things, but the evolution of like where you were at to where you are today is huge, right? You're yeah. on one side of the spectrum. And now you're back on the other side of the spectrum. And again, it goes back to the listeners and, and, and everyone else. Like, how can we create this similarity to help them make this connection being like, oh, it's okay to do A, B, C, and D to help yeah. with my problems. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's okay to do whatever it takes. It, it, right. You know? Yeah. It's like, like, what is it going to take to do that? Yeah. And again, like in a positive and a positive action to create a positive reaction. Exactly. Is kind of the way I want to look at that. Yeah. And so when I got out, it was, you know, after doctors had told me, you know, hey, with all going through the med board process and everything, it was kind of tough. It was like doctors like, hey, you can't work out because we don't want to like disturb anything and it's causing you neurological symptoms and all this stuff. So I got out of shape because I was listening to what they said. Right. And when I got out, I was like, no, fuck that. I, I got to get back in shape. So. Started working out with my brother and a trainer in uh, Dallas named Mark Medall. He's yeah, excellent trainer. And uh, it was just like strength conditioning, right? And uh, I was just, that was good therapy, right? Um, hitting the weights. Yeah. And Mark was really good at like easing us into it. Um, but I was still getting like bad neurological symptoms and stuff. Then I went through the... Uh, Cerebrum Center in Dallas. Okay. It's a brain center yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And that helped like dial back the neurological symptoms I was having. What, pretty what were some of the symptoms you were having? Um, no complicated migraine, uh, what I call blast brain episodes. Okay. Okay. Um, it's kind of, they have some seizure tendencies. I ended up in the ER with like stroke-like symptoms at one point. Like I had droop draw and like... Wow. Um, yeah, so I lost consciousness at that time too. Um, and this is all too why you're still training with your personal trainer and with your brother. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so I'm gonna backpedal a little bit before you started working out. Did you have these episodes 
more regularly than when you started working out? Or what was um, your average? They episodes? were. It wasn't because of the work workout. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, so yeah. it's it's it was it was happening without a workout or anything. I mean, it was it's a lot of things. Um, I've learned a lot of things that since then, you know, I didn't, I, I was still figuring out what, yeah. like, I'm trying to get a, my head around what's happening. Right. I just retired from the military. Like my career was cut short. I was going to stay in to be, you know, master chief Dan Brown or whatever. And, uh, and so I'm dealing with all these things in my brain. I don't, I don't fully have my head around this injury because it's so complicated when it comes to the brain and there's so many factors. And so, um, a lot of it is, comes down to, you know, neural plasticity, creating new neural pathways and, um, looking back, you know, this is me looking back is, you know, it's brain fatigue. So, you know, as your brain fall, brain fall, you have, you have missed signals, right? So the, the damage in the brain is causing missed signals. So your brain might be telling your, you know, that's why you get tremors in your hands, right? It's, it's your, your hand isn't just like shaking. Yeah. It's, it's a missed message, like something in your brain's telling your hand to shake. Yeah. Right? The best way. Yeah. So what we're talking about the, about this is there's a book called behave. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's a really good book that does talk about the neural plasticity of, of what goes on between the connection from your brain to everything else that your body needs to do. And, and the best way you look at it and you know, the way I took it from this was the idea that, if you're playing a piano and you have, you know, glue on your fingers and every time you go and hit that stroke, right, you go and hit the A stroke and the A key, boom, you hit it. Well, all of a sudden when you're having problems, it's stuck Mm -hmm. and it doesn't release. So now when I go and look to go and play that note again, it doesn't make any noise due to the fact that it's been glued down. So it just misfires or you miss that note. Yeah. It's kind of the same idea when we look at like, you know, when we have these problems that happen and I know when I got really into the breathing work, I really try to realize like how important it was to help with regrooving the pathways in the brain. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the biggest things that kind of like opened me up to like, oh, I'm I'm this is what I feel that I'm not that's going on. Right. Again, got some, you know, medical advice, went to the doctor and got some stuff, you know, and it's like, okay, cool, how can I do this? Because again, just like everyone else in the VA, like they just want to put you on pills. They don't want to help yep. you out in that realm. And that's not the path I want to go or talk about right yeah. now. But it's going back to understanding how the brain works and how we can yeah. rewire and repave these grooves in our road. You can you can jump back on the controls. I, exactly, yeah. Cause, right? Because your yeah. body will autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be in a coma and still be you know alive. Yeah. But um, we also have this amazing ability to like take over the controls of our brain and you know do work in our body. And um, I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah. You know and I think it was nice to be typically when I was in, I would do like CrossFit uh, style workouts. And so now I was doing strength conditioning, which was, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of it. He started out doing just like body weight calisthenics type stuff. And then I was doing, you know, weight machines and, you know, not doing any like free weights or anything like that. And so, looking back, that was also helping, right? Yeah. Because I'm doing a different style of workout than I had done before. And I think you guys do that a lot. It's like kind of changing up what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting that, like those, those, you're just utilizing the same neural pathways, yeah. right? 
having to learn a new way to work out or a new exercise or pushing yourself in these different yeah uh, the exercise variation in, exactly. in the realm of like surprising the body right like yeah. everyone hears this like oh we just need to confuse the body well realistically all we're doing is create did we're just doing exercise variation meaning that one week you might for two or three weeks you might do front squats mm -hmm. then the next two or three weeks you now might do zercher squats right <laughs> like it's still the yeah. same you know, we're still focusing on getting that squat mechanic in, but now with the Zercher squat, I can now focus on, well, I need to help keep an upright torso, strengthen upper back strength, and it teaches you to move in an unconventional movement, Yeah. right? Which is going to cater over to strengthening your front squat, but also it's going to help cater you to doing everything in life. If you need to pick someone off the floor, if you have to carry, you know, someone you love like that and have to squat and pick them up or anything, right? It's just all transferability is the way yeah. I look at it. And I do like the fact that you did talk about, you know, when you were in, you did CrossFit, right? Because, like, when I was in, that's all I did, too. Like, that's all I knew was high-intensity yeah. training, like this high-intensity. And, and again, I like to state that CrossFit is a brand. They didn't create high-intensity yeah, exactly. training. That's or what functional. I said CrossFit, like, because I yeah. did high-intensity training before, you know. E exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and that's just kind of, I got that question. asked Brooke, our, our registered dietitian. She was like, hey, it's like, um, you know, CrossFit movements. And I was like, well, CrossFit's a, a brand. Yeah. Do I think their movements they utilize in CrossFit are functional? Yes. It's on the individual now or the coach who is writing these movements to go ahead and work in multiple different planes of motion to help make this athlete, this wholehearted athlete that we're talking about, you know, and the same thing again, we're not a, a company that just is, that writes CrossFit programming. Like we don't, we're not that right. We're, yeah. we're a company that writes strength and conditioning programs for athletes or human beings who are looking to optimize our optimal, have optimal human performance yeah. and potential in different goals. Like, you know, not everybody needs to be working out the same. No, no, yeah. not at all. Yeah. We actually have done a really good job of that. Right. You yeah. know, like whenever I have guys that come to me um, or email myself, Chris, or, you know, or any of the coaches or, or anybody in the company, the, you know, when they're like, hey, I haven't been worked out for three to six months, where do I go? You know, we usually are like, hey, like jump onto the basic program because, again, it's super low intensity. It's low volume. We create that exercise variation, that frequency, and we manage that and we help build at that foundational level of what we believe that whole athlete should be. And it goes into that, right? And we kind of go back to the idea of where we're looking at right now with you, with transitioning out of the military, having these big transitions going on right now. And at the same time, you're able to now slow down. Yeah. Because before you're in the military, you're this like go, 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 high intensity lifestyle, right? And one thing I always say, everyone wants to be high speed, mm -hmm. but to conduct high speed events, you have to be able to do the basics, Yeah. you know, fucking through the roof like yeah. it shouldn't be a yeah, brilliance in the basics. brilliance in the basics right mm -hmm. like i should be able to do the, the the fundamentals perfectly and i remember i had a gunny tell me this he's like everyone wants to be high speed he's like but to be high speed you, that's pretty much just doing the basics at a quick speed yeah that's all it really was and i like never thought about it that way right and it kind of goes back yeah. to how we look at training now like the way your 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 personal trainer and your brother and everyone pushed you is like all right hey look you just came out of an environment that was super stressful, super high intense. Yep. We need to go ahead and expose you to the other side of this spectrum, which means you have to go slow, right? Yep. Because in the said principle, one of the things is low skill to high skill, mm -hmm. right? Same thing, low stress to high stress. Well, how do we regroup and repath these, these ways of moving and the way the brain thinks is, well, let's take you out of this high stress environment and reteach you how to one, move and think and 
and and again protect yourself in a low stress environment because if you can get that down as we start moving you across the spectrum to get back into high stressful high intensity yeah think about it you've you, all you're doing is just doing the, the foundations a lot faster and be able to manage them right yeah. and that's kind of the idea I look at here so far with this transition out of this this you know this blast wave concussion or episodes and the TBI that you do have because mm-hmm. that's just what's come of it but you're now in control of it instead right yeah and so my initial goal working out like quickly i found i wanted to do a strongman competition so i started training for you know strongman modalities and the the reasoning behind that is you know having having a blow like this in your life you know takes you down a notch it's like you're 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 going through life at this high level and then you know it's time to take a little downturn yeah and it's time to go from a, you're at a 10 yeah. right now. It's time to go to a three. And you, I felt like I was losing the man that I was, you know? And so, which kind of leads to the Marine Raider challenge too. But uh, it's, so I looked, my initial goal is like, you know what? I'm, I, my brain may be damaged, but I'm going to get stronger than I ever was in the military. And that's what I did. I started training strongman, and next thing you know, I'm you know yoke carrying over 600 pounds and all this stuff, and like, um, it felt good, right? I'm like feeling super strong and uh, loving lifting the heavy things. And then I competed in a strongman competition, and you know, like completed that goal. I was doing lifts that were higher than I'd ever done in my life. So, you know, kind of achieved that yeah. that that goal. And, but then I was like, man, I'm out of breath when I walk up the stairs. Like, this isn't the like type of shape I want to be in, you know? So I like to be a little more yeah. capable, uh, in, cause I'm into a lot of different things. Yeah. Like I like to hike, I like to, you know, be outdoors and I like to swim, you know? So that's when I started like kind of changing directions. I was up to like 230 pounds wow. and, uh, now I'm at 189. So nice, like dude. completely like different shape feeling a lot uh healthier more ready for the marine raider challenge this year than um, last year yeah but we did pretty good last year you know yeah uh top 10 hell yeah and then there's 15 teams but still top, top 10, 10 sounds good is fucking yeah. cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i've i've just uh i've tried just new things you know and i think a lot of it was just intuition or what you know yeah you're listening you know to what's your body. right. Yeah. You know, if, if something feels right, it's like you should just do it. Yeah. You know, because um, I had a Marine Raider buddy of ours. Uh, I don't know if you know him, uh, Dane Van Meter. I know Dane. Yeah. Yeah. He just told me uh, it's like your gut brain is like the uh, it's like the combined hive brain of like all your your, you know, your predecessors. It's like collected in the gut through the microbiome that's like in the genetics that have passed down from like everybody that's come yeah. before you. It's, it's like a collective brain. So it's telling you like yeah. good advice. Yeah. You should listen to it. Yeah. You know, it's funny, man. Brooke will sit here and talk <laughs> about this all day. We just did a podcast on the on the gut microbiome about, you know, how endurance athletes have this really due to like nutrition and we won't get into that. But yeah, there's a podcast that will be out here soon too. Probably people listen to it before this one. But it's funny. It's because like everyone says, our brains are our, our guts are second brain. Yeah. Right. And what's great about this is the fact that you are now looking back at like I need to fix how I eat. 
because it's going to go ahead and transfer over to how one, my brain reacts and how my body reacts, right? Not just from a psychological, but from a physiological aspect too. And that kind of goes into the next realm. It's like, well, okay, cool. Like you got super strong. You, that was your outlet, right? Again, yeah. I think everyone goes through that. A lot of people do. Everyone's like, I want to be this strong because again, we either filled with some type of hatred, anger or whatever else yeah. and lifting heavy weights gives us that idea. And it kind of goes back to the whole, you know, when you describe the soft mistress in, in that poem and the way you talked about it, I always go back to chasing the dragon. Yeah. Like we ch- we're chasing the dragon, right? Mm-hmm. But now we're chasing the dragon in a positive out- outlook in the realm now where it gives me the ability to go out and hike, yeah. climb, bike, swim, lift weights still. I might not yeah. be strong. I might not be as strong as I was when I was 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, for those who don't, like when I was 220 pounds three years ago, um, I was snatching uh, 286 and clean and jerking like 345, 350. Like, mm-hmm. But I was not running yeah. what I'm doing now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm healthier. I don't get tired walking upstairs. I don't get tired picking up my daughter. I don't get tired doing any of those things. And yeah. my overall quality of health has skyrocketed. Quality of life. And quality of life in general, yeah. right? It's just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And and that's, again, something that we push here with soft leading. Like, hey, the idea here is not to always go in there. And like some people will say like, oh, sometimes the volume is not enough or the intensity wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, it's because we're managing that. We're yeah. understanding fatigue management from a... 13,000 foot view of how we write our programming for the comp for the athlete that's following our stuff, no matter what team they're on. Yeah. But there's a method and mat and purpose to that. Right. And again, athletes are, it takes a while for them to understand that because they come from that idea of high intensity is all we need. Yeah. But going into that already, we're talking about this, right? We're okay, cool. We had to cut out high intensity training Mm -hmm. and now we had to go ahead and focus on my nutrition and how to focus on how I eat, you know, and, that's huge. Yeah. But what was the next step after that, right? Like, as we continue climbing this ladder yeah. of you finding where you're at today to be able to go into this race and fucking smoke it. Yeah. You know? So, it's, a lot of it's, a lot of it's one step at a time, too. You know, it's not trying to, like, completely master everything at once. You know, I think you see that so much in the fitness world. It's just, like, you know, the quick fix. Like, things happen over time. And it yeah. just takes, like, you know, some dedication to like staying consistent. I think that when it comes to nutrition, that's huge, like consistency. Um, it's like the whole, if you have, you know, cheat on the weekend or whatever, that's like two days a week times, what is it? 50, 52 weeks 50, in one year. Yeah. So that's a hundred something days, 104 days or whatever of cheating a year out of 365. That's actually a lot of bad days, yeah. you know, of you, you like getting off your, your plan, Yeah, you know? So, um, consistency has been key with a lot of things that I've, I've been doing and then, but dialing in the heart rate variability. And, uh, I went to Marcus Institute for brain health in Colorado this last summer. And I remember that you were out there yeah. for like a, what was it, like a month? Uh, I think it's three, three weeks. That's what I was about to say. It was out yeah. there for a while. Yeah. I remember following you on Instagram. All I'd, I'd gone out for like a day of an evaluation week. So they come out and do an evaluation on you. And then you, uh, if you get selected, like they think they can help you, you, you oh, go wow. back for their, uh, their outpatient intensive therapy program. So you like stay in a hotel and go in for, you know, your appointments every day. Yeah. And it's tailored to everybody that's going there. So, 
um, what I got my treatment for, you know, the, the blast brain stuff is different than, you know, say a program for somebody with PTSD or other type of TBIs and stuff. So, um, so that was a cool aspect of That's, it. What did they, what, can you talk about what you did there? Yeah. So, uh, one of the things we did was basically like a, a stress test where they elevated the, you know, treadmill to like max, heart rate max and level and get my heart rate up. And we started noticing neurological symptoms right around 146. Wow. Heart rate, which is not very high. No, dude, that's like that's zone like, three. That's like yeah. middle of zone three. We're yeah. not even at the highest end. So it's like no wonder I was like blowing out on workouts. Sometimes I wouldn't be able to drive home after like from the gym. Well, yeah. So, like, so, um, so they're basically like, hey, let's get you, you know, you need to get a heart rate monitor. And basically over time, with consistency, you like you'll do your workout and you're pushing it to that level, and then like two beats higher, right? And do that for a couple of weeks, and then like bump it up another two beats. And what we're trying to do is get the brain able to handle that, uh, you know, that kind of stress. Learn it, yeah. Instead of just me going up to 180 or two, you know, doing some of those like, you know, yeah, uh, even heavy lifting and stuff, um, trying to get into uh, uh, anaerobic, you know, yeah. So what they pretty much did was there is, and this is something that I've done and I've learned a lot actually in the, in mm-hmm. the past year, in the past two years of being in the endurance world, right? And the endurance, really being in the endurance world is found out of like how amazing aerobic training actually is for you. Yeah. And what they had you doing was training at your max aerobic power, right? Yeah. Like at that time period between the transition between aerobic and anaerobic, that was your, that was your limit. That was your cap. Yeah. In the aerobic aspect. Yeah. Where you no longer could funnel oxygen quick enough to upkeep that output, right? So yeah. what they pretty much did there and what it sounds like, again, like I said, this is just coming from, you know, research and, and, and endo experience and from reading it and seeing this help other athletes as well is you train your your aerobic system to help increase this this cap to where now you can now start handling higher levels of stress without your brain having these problems, yeah. right? So we're now utilizing the heart rate training and this low aerobic training work to help create and make you an asset now instead of making you a liability. Right. Is the what I'm looking at there, right? Because again, yeah. if you get put in a situation out here in the real world where your heart rate goes up to 160 because you have to, one, save someone or whatever else, your body now can handle that stressor without you being a liability and can exactly. actually help someone out. So from you thinking that you're completely broken, mm-hmm. you going to this, you know, this brain, you know, course or brain, what was it? It's, it's your medical, this brain center to help you with these episodes, to help you in a physiological realm, not just a psychological, to help you move forward. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize, right? Like, a, uh, I've done a podcast with Dr. Quinn Hennock before, and he, he runs clinical athlete and, and all these other things. He made a post just recently, and he was like, you know, when a doctor gives someone medicine and if the dosing's too much, they reevaluate and lower the dosing until they find the right amount for that individual to find harmony within their yeah. life. Why don't we do that with fitness? Yeah. Most people see, oh, the dosing's too much, and let's go ahead and have these, like, random fucking, like, things we throw into your life to try and make it easier when now you've just added more dosing to it. How about we just cut back volume and intensity within someone's yeah. training and find that right dosing for them, yeah, right? And that's literally what the Brain Center ended up teaching you for those three or four weeks that you were there. Yeah, and, you know, even with, on the working outside, Mark Medall, the trainer, he really helped 
me slow down. Yeah. Because, you know, I still had a lot of that balls to the wall mentality. Oh, I know and, how you intensity get intensity yeah. and stuff. And he really, and I just like, I decided when I'm doing these things, I'm like, I'm all in, right? Um, I'm going to do whatever this guy like says. I'm really going to trust, like, the program, give it a like good try, you like know? Stick to the program. Yeah. And that's, that's how I go to these brain centers. I noticed like, not all the patients at some of these these awesome brain centers, right? A lot of it's from benevolence too, right? Yeah. Our like our yeah. government's not paying, paying for it. It's like people donating money. Yeah. Which is kind of cool to think about that like people care about us enough to do that. To do that, yeah. But um, some of the patients unfortunately going through there aren't in the right mindset. It's like they're not there to get better. They're not there to like they're try there, they're to they're there get for better. someone to feel sorry for them. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's in their different spotlight and everybody de- deals with adversity differently, you know. So um, part of it is realizing um, maybe, you know, I guess the reason I mentioned is if anybody thinks about going to one of those, like try and get yourself in the right mindset to be there. You know, if you're going to do something that's going to make your life better, like maybe you should be all in, you know. Yeah. Um, and really make a commitment to it. You're waste. You're like you're going there. You're going to spend three weeks there anyways. Might as well take everything from it instead yeah. of waste those three weeks. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I've approached it. And you know, yes, I still deal with chronic symptoms, pain. You know, but I tell people. You know, people ask me like, "How are you feeling, Dan?" You know, like I'm seeing well. I'm feeling great. Like I, I tell people I feel better like uh, mentally, spiritually, and in some ways physically than I have my whole entire life. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it takes, but you have to, you have to work at it. Like yeah. It's, and it's, you know, it's not just one piece of the puzzle. Like you can't just get, you know, I couldn't just get strong and then like, you know, Hey, I feel good about this. And you know, it doesn't stop. You got to like, I'm constantly evaluating, you know, what's, what's the one little thing I can do to help like optimize myself to live the best life possible, yeah. you know? And I think that's something that a lot of people miss. Right. And it's, and, and again, like I said, you being able to work through that and you ended up running the 2018 Marine Raider challenge, which yeah. is a 2k ocean fin into a 12 mile buddy run with yeah. a pull event and some field work. That's pretty much it, It's, it's, it's new. It's just coming around the second year this year. And last year, you know, you really had started taking the, taking a dip into the endurance training and into the the lower lower effort type training to really make this difference. You know, what has changed from last year's training to this year's training in the realms of like learning what you learned in the summer after doing the Marine Raider Challenge? Because again, you did the Marine Raider Challenge, then you went to yeah. to this brain center to learn all this. What has changed now from what you've learned in the realm of like how you approach training you know, to where you're at today. Cause you did say, yeah. and you do look good, man. Like I said, you're a lot leaner than you were last year. Yeah. Um, you, you look healthier than you did last year. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. You look like you're in a very good place, place mentally. And, and again, we just from seeing how, how you were last year to this year, it's a whole different change. Again, yeah. the reason probably why the podcast was good that we didn't have it. Cause now we can kind of talk a little bit about that. And this whole transition from that brain center into where you're at today you know, what did training look like and how's it, how is it now? Yeah, it's, so I hadn't been to Marcus. I just went to this, uh, brain, this last brain center in July. Okay. So the last rate of challenge was, was before, before that. that. So yeah. I hadn't dialed in the heart rate deal yet. I mean, there's so many pieces to this puzzle. Yeah. And so it was really getting clued into that. I also had started a ketogenic ish okay. diet 
um, I'm passing ketones and like, but I'm on the, I guess, higher protein side and then intermittent fasting and I'm, you know, keeping things kind of changed up so I don't develop any food sensitivities and stuff like that. But again, though, this is but, due to the fact for the brain injury. Yeah. And again, yeah, this is... For, yeah, specifically for brain injury. Yeah, because right? again, yeah. like I said, we've had we've had conversations on this podcast about keto diet, intermittent fasting, and Brooke has, you know, bonked a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But it all goes back again to, hey, utilizing these diets for injuries of mental health have actually shown, you know, and again, there's scientific research yep. behind it, you know, so... Yeah, so yeah, I'm not doing it just to like... But that, look, but that look good or something. No, you know, no. Yeah, but yeah. that also kind of goes into the idea of like, you know, again, I'm not trying to get the nutrition, but like still training in that realm of being in ketones, right? And like yeah. utilizing that. Hey, when we are burning fuel, we're burning carbs and we're burning fat, right? Yeah. And like that's what we use for our training session, especially if you're training with heart rate and you're not in the 160s or 170s and you're down in the 120s, 130s, and 140s. You once you pass through your glycogen, you are now utilizing fat for that time period yeah. until you put some more glycogen in. Like we know that. Like so it's crazy to hear you doing that and still be able to train how you are training now, which yeah. it makes sense and it balances out. Yeah. And so um I've learned over time to slow down. Yeah. And just um when it comes to the workouts, when I you know started really getting into this heart rate stuff, hey heart rate variability is blown out like i'm not going to do this workout yeah okay you know and it's it's worked yeah you know it's it's you know i I used to have a tendency to just like push through things like you know just turn those parts of the brain off that are telling you hey stop you know hey you probably shouldn't jump out of an airplane like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was able to just like switch that switch off and like you know have a blast doing it but learning to slow down and like work out smarter not harder. yeah i think as i age too it's very yeah. important <laughs> yeah you know well so that kind of goes walk yeah. me through like a, a training day for you like as you're training yeah. for the marine Raider challenge now you're probably training a couple times a day um or no. a single day no Is it just once yeah cool like but that's and that's but that's right there though everyone should know like you don't need to train twice a day to do yeah, something like you no do. mark was doing a very good job of showing me that we worked out twice a week dude wow only huh. only twice a week oh yeah and i was getting very strong doing it yep and recovery um, is your best friend yeah <laughs> and that's what i'm starting to learn is like your body's not always ready to benefit from the exercise right and so um also a lot of it's a lot of it I've traveled a lot. So um my training, you know, I'm not on like a, a program. A program. I'm doing sort of um the problem is I've I've like switched what I've done pretty quickly. So I did the DOD Warrior Games where yep. They put me on the running team, which I don't know why they you know, they I guess <laughs> they needed somebody to do it. So I was running sprints, dude. Like sprints and uh you know it's bad when you have somebody with no legs like run past you and beat you um that's a special feeling yeah it is but good for him you know uh yeah but i was also doing rowing and swimming so that's what i really focused on for the dod warrior games so i was rowing a lot um and i was swimming a lot so i was going to the pool i was doing drag workouts where i was towing a bucket behind me in the pool and we had a swim coach that was sending me those workouts and stuff. So that was sort of the program I was doing then. 
the rowing I was just doing it on my own. Uh, my older brother actually rowed crew for West Point. Oh wow! So he's been kind of like my rowing coach since then, and uh, so he was helping me with that. So after that, I was thinking, hey, I, w- I just want to kind of be, you know, keep be strong, just fit for life. Yeah, you know, be be strong and be endurance, and I like doing the Marine Raider Challenge. Yeah, once a year. You know, because I think it's important to really push yourself on a regular basis, past beyond you know the normal stuff. Um, So with with that, yeah, I had symptoms really bad during the last one. Am I going to get symptoms during this one? You know, we'll see. Yeah, you know. And again, though, it was because you had no idea of what your of what your max like aerobic power output was, or what the heart was doing to your brain at the time period. Because you had no idea. But now, you've trained that a lot more, and you're expect you're expected to go out there. And and of course, will you have an episode or two? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But the thing is, though, is like by you training this way, it doesn't get rid of it. It just mitigates how many you do have. I guess you can say, right? Because since you've gone this realm now with being a little bit more enduring, yeah, have you had less episodes? Um, so. I've been able to manage workouts a lot, lot better. So even though I'm doing some, uh, some like cross training, right? Yep. With weights and everything like that, I'm able to, with the chest strap and the Garmin watch, be able to like have the heart rate dialed in. So I'm able to, like, keep myself at those levels I need to. And then, um, so yeah, I think through doing that. I should be much better prepared. Has it helped with symptoms? Yes, because I'm able to monitor it through the workout, so okay. I'm not just like blowing it out, you know. Yeah. And uh, but I'm not necessarily symptom free. Like I said, I yeah. frequently there's so many other factors that play into it. Um. So I've noticed probably a slight decline in the frequency of symptoms since doing the heart heart rate monitoring stuff and the diet and all the other things I'm doing meditation, all that stuff is always, you know, played into it. But, um, I can't give you scientific numbers. You know no, what I mean? No, it's, no, it's, I'm, not I'm saying, just kind of like describing. Yeah. Yeah. Are, which, sim- are symptoms less like, yeah. Yeah. They are little, like, they're, but, they're noticeable. But, yeah. Like maybe barely noticeable, yeah. you know? So, okay, so, cool. Like that's kind of where I was getting. I was like, yeah. I really wanted to understand like, Hey, like with this training and how you're utilizing your heart rate training now, and maybe if you do become more aerobic instead of being, you know, training in the 120 and the 130 yeah. range instead of training in the 145 and the 140s, you know, but that is showing you that by developing this this system of what you've done because you've created this full circle system, yeah. right? Your sleep's there. You now have a, your quality of life at home and your environment's very supportive. It's very positive. Yep. From there, you go ahead and now it's like, all right, cool. What's next? Like, well, my, my nutrition, my nutrition's clean now. I'm focusing on keeping that clean. Like, mm-hmm. you're covering your basic needs. Now we're looking at like how you tr- utilize your training, right? It's like yeah. you've you created this this circle of just where it just continues going around, and as long as you keep managing it and controlling it, like you're going to go ahead and continue seeing positive outcomes from yeah. it. Yeah, and there's you know all the other things that support that, which is like getting into art, creativity, again, creating new neural pathways, right? Yeah. Um, continuing to seek out things that are different, things that are challenging writing poetry. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that, right? Because yeah. like when you got out, you started uh, Daniel the Barbarian, the podcast, or the Danger, the, the, the Danger, the Danger Zone. Zone podcast. Yeah. Danger Zone podcast. Yeah. And, and from there, you've 
kind of cut back on the podcast now and you're, I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about that, yeah. but you're doing a little bit of different things right now in the yeah. realms of like really helping you mentally mm-hmm. um, move forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, I didn't come out and announce like, Hey, you know, I'm putting the podcast on hold and stuff. And I think, um, you know, there's been some YouTubers and stuff that have, I think fallen victim to that. They, they need to take a break from something, but they don't take a break from something by announcing they're taking a break from something, you know? Um, sometimes when you need to like put something down, you just need to put it down and you don't need to like tell everyone, but yeah. You don't need validation. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't podcasted in a, in a little bit, but you know what? It's because I'm focusing on something else and it's, uh, working on a poetry book. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, does, yeah, no, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, there's a lot of guys in the veteran space who do write poetry, you know, who write books Yeah, and in that realm. And it really, it's really, you know, and those who do write the books in a, in a positive way to help people, you know, we look at combat flip-flops. We look at, we, you know, he put a book out, you know, uh, grifted. We look at Leo Jenkins who put a book out. We look at at David Rose who's put book out. Like we look at all these guys, you know, I look at, you know, my buddy Kevin who's put a book out. We look at my buddy Rick who's put a book out. We look at multiple guys that in the military have gone out and this is their form of, of, you know, of letting go. And, you know, we have, we have a, a guy worth Parker who writes for softly, you know, and his writing's phenomenal and he's a Marsat guy and he says whatever else. And he does really, really well in the realm of expressing himself through his writing. And it's really crazy to see how that is because I'll tell you what, we didn't get taught how to write in the military or no. sending reports up. It was, <laughs> we know how that goes. Yeah. So, it really, really is intriguing to understand that, like, because I'm in that realm too, right? Like, I enjoy writing. You yeah. know, it might not be to some people's, you know, standards or whatever else, but it's yeah. how we create our outlet. I think people are looking for truth, though. And that's a lot of they're, what it is. They, they want to, they're interested in the real you, not some edited, super refined, fake version. People like truth. Yeah. And that's something that I've I've found lately is people do enjoy the truth. Right. And that's the reason why, because again, you can't, you can't, you can't take away the facts, like the facts are the facts, right? Like that is what it is. And, you know, talking about this brain injury and talking about the center that you went to, to learn how to create a better quality of life. Cause that's kind of what it is at the end of the day. Right. When we, again, we say this, right. We're not utilizing the gym for anything else. Right. Like again, people utilize the gym, Majority of people use a, utilize the gym. I'm trying to get my thoughts here. Utilize the gym um, for the gym. Yeah. And we're missing the mark where we should utilize the gym for life. Yes. Again, we said it like that, right? You're like, I was 220 pounds, 230 pounds. I was a strong dude having six, 700 pounds on my back with a yoke. Yeah. You tell me to go walk up a fucking, walk up a flight of stairs and I'm huffing and puffing. My heart rate's at 190 and I'm having fucking episodes. Yeah. Now it's like, oh. I no longer train that way. Yes, I still lift weights. I'm still strong, but I mm-hmm. also now I'm 189 pounds and very endurance based, and I can walk upstairs without having an episode, right? Like, yeah. by being able to develop those kinds of steps in your life, you are now creating a healthy lifestyle, right? And we can even take away the brain injuries, right? And let's go yeah. and just put an individual who is in that position right now, who's super strong right now, but you ask them to go run a mile run, they come back and they are dying, yeah, right? Like, no one in their life should go on a mile run and come back dying. Yeah. And if you are, that's a problem, right? Yeah. Because again, running is a survival 
Um, it's considered a survival, right? Like we need to run because that's what was given to us. It was a survival skill that was given to us back in the day when we were first created and everything else like that. And something we got away from. Yeah. Right. And one good thing everybody, you know, I've always believed is like we should remember running my gym too is one of those things is like everyone here has to be able to run no matter what. Yeah. Right. Like if you have to run, like, no, even if it's fucking 400 meters, just yeah. go run 400 meters and you shouldn't look like you're dying. Yeah. You should. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I get it. I want, I want to be a capable human being. Yeah, and and yeah. that's kind yeah. of. The, I think that's part of it. And that's kind of the idea where I like this a- aspect too, right? Like, you're, I want to be a capable human being with this brain injury. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not trying to be out there and being like, oh, if you don't have a brain injury and you're a lazy piece of shit, like you said, no, we don't want you to feel sorry for yourself. We don't want you any of those things. Yeah, it's just one of those things where we understand that it does take time, and it is a slow process, right? Especially with a. A, a brain injury and, and going through those things and through trial and error, right? Like, but again, yeah. a person has to be in that position to do so. Yeah, but everybody goes through adversity in life. Like, everybody. You don't have to be a, a veteran. You don't have to be a guy in the military. No. We don't have the monopoly on adversity. Like, everybody does. Yeah. Everybody will face death at some point in their life, yeah. whether through loved ones or themselves, you know? And... It's so, so everybody can learn from, you know, I, I had to learn that with my older brother, right? He's burned over 30% of his body from the IED blast he was in. So I'm taking all these blasts, but Hey, you know, I don't have any holes through my body or, you know, burn flesh. Yeah. So. It's really being empath- yeah. uh, having that empathy towards others and understanding yeah. like, Hey, well, how would you feel if you're in their shoes right now? Because yeah. again, this is something that I'm going to school for sports psychology right now, and I'm really deep into my, my degree so far. Finally, I only have like a year left, but it's one of those things where I'm starting to realize that like, hey, everyone experiences different experiences on so many different levels. Yeah. My relatable experiences might not be the same for yours. Yours are not going to be the same for whoever's to the left of you and whoever's listening, their experiences are complete and their hardships and their level of risk and their level of high stress and high risk events in their life mm-hmm. are, are some might be lower than mine or might be higher than mine due to the experiences that they've created. Yeah. And we have to, again, going back to the idea where I use this word similarities, right? Like as long as we can develop similarities within one's life and what we're doing with that is fitness. Yeah. Right. And then we threw out adversity and then we threw out creativity and then we threw out this whole, whole athlete, right. And this approach to life of wanting to have a quality of life. Like yeah. those are all similarities, no matter what, you know, our, our experiences are right. We're just creating these similarities so that we can share experiences together. Yeah. And I, I really try and steer away from like telling people how to live their lives yeah. and giving advice. Cause I really think it's up to the individual individuals to find for themselves. How are, how are they going to handle this adversity that comes in their life? Cause it's going to come to everybody, yeah. you know, there's and no, there's no, there's there, there are how to books, how to handle <laughs> adversity out there. Yeah. But the problem I see with those books, and again, like I said, this is just kind of the idea behind it is, you know, when I see these books that write how to handle adversity and I look at the individual and it's like, what kind of adversity have you been put through? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've been through business adversity. Well, then why would I have someone who's trying to go do A, B, C, and D listen and read that book? Because yeah. again, they're not going to experience those same adversities in the realm of what they're trying to do. And yeah. I remember I made a post just recently about this was like, I seek out the people who are trying to have, who have experienced it or have done so, because again, I'm not trying to take their, their routines or their steps of what they did. I want to see what steps they did take. Yeah. 
and see what actually how I can be creative and bring in my own steps that are going to help me getting there, right? And that's where a lot of people are missing the mark, right? We listen to podcasts, we read books because we're all searching for that step. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to search for that step. But search for that step within your life, not through through a book and think that's the end all be all because that's not it, right? Like this is just a step that might be able to be utilized down the road. Yeah. Might not be useful right now, but it can be useful later on, right? And my buddy Ryan Muncie says it all the time. He's like, move the chains. Yeah. Right? Like it takes three it takes three uh three four uh three yard plays to get a first down. Exactly. Or four, yeah, I'm far sorry, four. Four of them, right? Three gets you to the nine, the last one gets you over. You can even break that down going four, eight, twelve, right? You can do three four yard plays, gets you a first down. But again, those four yard margin plays are very small within the realm of looking to get a touchdown. Yeah. Right? Like if you had to move across a hundred hundred yard football field and you're taking three plays per first, you know, per ten yards to get a first down, that's that's a lot of steps. Yeah. You know, and, and it's the same thing going back to this whole this whole story that we we're talking about and, and your transition out of the military into the fitness world of getting to you getting to where you're at today is you've created these steps and these small plays to get you where you're going. Again, our big fucking 20-yard touchdown pass is great and 50-yard touchdown passes and 90-yard kick return punts. Yeah, those are great. But understand those don't happen all the time. And how many how many times does that happen, you know, yeah. do we see? Or is one of those uh, massive plays, is it going to be the one that ends you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or and it's managing it, risk. It's, yeah. it's risk management, right? Yeah. And it's... Um, Something I've been sharing a lot lately because I get a lot of questions about joining, you know, yeah. uh, going in as a special operations medic, and because I'm sort of a public figure online, so people are reaching out to me because they know that I did that job. And lately, I've been sharing this poem. It's called "To an Athlete Dying Young," mm-hmm. and it really talks about sort of those ideas of. Um, when to sort of change these things in your life? Is it good to go balls to the wall all your life until maybe it kills you, you know, or, and then you're remembered, right? Yeah. Like, are you held at this, do you exit through death and you're held at this esteem, you know, like, Oh, he's the warrior that died in combat or whatever in life, you know? And that's um, sort of what the poem talks about. And when is it good to get out? When is it good to like change into a different period of your life? Is it okay to be forgotten? You know, yeah. like, do you have to be remembered? And I think we talked about this on before, yeah. the last podcast we were about, about kind of like legacy and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, it's a good thing to analyze in your life. You know, it's like when you're trying to make again, I vibe with the whole die living thing because I want to die living. I want to die walking to my own grave, you know? Yeah. Like I don't want, I don't want to be carried there. I don't want to be carried to my death. I want to be walking or running, you know? And part of that goes back to fitness. I need to, as much as I slow down or do, do other things. Again, it's working out for life. Not, not for an aesthetic, not for this or that. I'm working out, so I'll be walking at the end, you yeah. know? Well, and it's the same it, thing that goes back to the individual, you know, who doesn't work out at all. Yeah. 
they're going to be put in the grave the same way I'm going to be put in the grave no matter what, right? Yeah. The only question is, though, how am I going to get put in the grave leading up to all that between that compared to that individual mm-hmm. when I can sit back and look at it? Like, I have no regrets in my life. Yeah. You know, we go back to the ethos of die living and we think about that. It's like one yeah. of those things, you know, it's like I want to be able to run myself to my my grave. Like, you know, because yeah. that's I was that fit to live my life to the fullest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I I want to live life romantically and uh, try and affect as much change and like effect on other people in the positive. That's what I'm looking to do. Yeah. It's like, how can we support each other moving in a positive direction? And I don't have to be remembered for it. Yeah. Because I think those, when we project, project out that into the universe, the wavelengths that come from that go way further than any statue made of me would or online digital presence, even if you launched it out into space, you know, I think being positive in other people's lives and, um, living your life to your intuition, your gut, your life's journey, staying true to that, that wavelength you've scarred into the fabric of the universe is what really is you're going to be remembered by. (laughs) Yeah. That's like the record, you know? And I think that comes down to living your best life and not trying to live somebody else's. Yeah. You know, or be like somebody else or, you know, so I'm going to chase after those things. Yeah. And that's what, what's great is everyone that listens to this show usually is doing the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) If they're not, they stopped listening probably like (laughs) 25 minutes ago. (laughs) Also, but dude, I appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your experiences in the realm of, you know, not just, you know, brain injuries, but, helping to walk through the episodes aspect and your fitness journey and really solidifying this whole athlete mentality that, you know, that a lot of people are still trying to grasp on or trying to get a grasp on. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, like just keep chipping at the bot, dude, just keep chipping, yeah, keep chipping. Cause, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't, it doesn't stay the same forever. You always got to keep evolving it. Right. And like, you know, we talked about earlier pre-show was, I got asked if I still meditate, you know, and it's like, yeah, I do here and there, but a lot of it just becomes a natural flow meditation state when I'm out running actually, um, is more of my meditation now just due to the fact of always busy. And I, I can blend that into a routine, you know, it's something that, you know, we talk about also is, or just in general is like, you know, blending new, new goals into your routine or blending new routines into a prior, into a certain routine to help you see things go the right way. So, you know, Look at, you know, again, we're not pushing for you to go and do a keto diet or any of those. This is just a specific diet that, you know, Danny's on right now to help out with his brain injury. And again, it might yeah. be a lifestyle thing for him just due to the fact that it helps with management of brain episodes from his injury. Right. Um, I'm by no means recommending people yeah, get yeah, on Yeah, yeah, you know? no, no. Well, yeah, I just want to yeah. state that, right? Yeah. And understand, too, his his style of training that he is doing, he, he's obviously become a student of it and he's yeah. learned of what it does and what he needs to do to still continue living this healthy lifestyle and this quality of life. But at the same time, understand that you, 
we still have these episodes and we still have these symptoms just like everything in life. Right. Yeah. And you, ha that's just something extra you live with now, but you don't use it as a badge of honor. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I have that, but I can go fucking hike a mountain tomorrow. But I, I still want to be a capable human being. Exactly. Regardless. Right. You know, it's, it, I don't have to give up. Yeah. And my, yeah. my buddy Trevor says it the best. You yeah. know, he says it. he goes, uh, I want to be an asset, not a liability. Exactly. And that's the truth, right? Let's be an asset, not a liability, which makes complete sense. Yeah. You know, um, so again, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing your poetry book come out soon yeah. um, and <laughs> everything else like that. And you're going to kill it this weekend at the Marine Raider Challenge. Buddy. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Dude, well, awesome talking to you. If anybody needs to reach you, how can they get a hold of you? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, anything. Yeah. Uh, Daniel the Barbarian on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and then check out the Danger Zone podcast. And you can, I think you can email me through the YouTube page. Okay. And then uh, always, you know, you can DM me on Instagram or whatever. Slide into yeah. those DMs, homies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Till next time.